0: This is Listen Lakeland, the show that keeps you up to date on all the things that make our city a great place to live, work, and play. This show is an extension of Lakeland Vision. For over two decades, Lakeland Vision has been a voice for the citizens of Lakeland, working with community stakeholders to create a bright future for our city. Today's host built her career serving older adults and their families right here in Polk County after graduating from the University of South Florida with a master's in gerontology. In her current role as the Associate Executive Director of Florida Presbyterian Homes, she oversees the assisted living facility, sales and marketing, activities, wellness, and IT. She's on the board of Lakeland Vision, Age Friendly Lakeland, and the Coalition on Injury Prevention. Please welcome your host, Tasha
1: Welcome to the good life. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you so much for joining us today on July's episode of Listen Lakeland. Today we have a very special guest joining us that I'm super excited about, Miss Jody from the Alzheimer's Association. Jody has a deep commitment to enhancing the lives of individuals and families affected by Alzheimer's disease. We're honored to have her here today to shed light on the invaluable work of the Alzheimer's Association and provide insights into the resources and services they offer. Welcome, Jodi. Thank you, Tasha. It's great to be here today. Great to be here, we're excited. So let's start off easy for those that may not be familiar. Um, can you provide a brief overview of the Alzheimer's Association and its mission? Sure.
2: So the Alzheimer's Association formed in 1980, um, and the Alzheimer's Association is actually the leading voluntary health organization in Alzheimer's care, support, and research. Our mission is that we lead the way to end Alzheimer's and all dementias by accelerating global research research driving risk reduction and early detection, and maximizing quality care and support.
1: That is amazing. I mean, hopefully you guys will be able to utilize this after. So I mean, those are wonderful. That's an incredible mission. But what are some common misconceptions or myths about the Alzheimer's disease that you'd like to address?
2: So there is a lot of myths about Alzheimer's disease. Um and one of the first myths is that memory loss is a natural part of aging. So in reality As people age, it's normal to have occasional memory problems, um, such as forgetting somebody's name or even somebody that you recently met, just not being able to recall who they were. But however, Alzheimer's is more than occasional memory loss. It's really a disease that causes brain cells to malfunction and ultimately die. So when this happens, an individual may forget the names of longtime friends or what roads they used to take to return to home, um, even where they've lived for decades. They just can't remember how to get there or how to get back from them. Um, so another one of the myths of Alzheimer's disease, there's a whole lot of them out there. Um, let's let's just be real. There is a whole lot of myths out there. So only older people get Alzheimer's. That's another big myth, um, which is 100% not true. That's a good one. It is. So people can be diagnosed with Alzheimer's under the age of 65. Ooh! So and it's called either younger onset or early onset and it can strike people that are in their 30s 40s and their 50s.
1: My goodness.
2: Um, It's estimated that there's more than 5 million Americans living with Alzheimer's
1: disease in the U.S. Incredible. So it's more than likely we're going to come across somebody or maybe even have it in our own households. Absolutely. Wow. So at the Alzheimer's Association, we know that you guys provide educational programs. Can you talk about some of those that are available? Absolutely. So we do educational
2: programs both in person and virtual, um, which is a really nice platform that we can do both. And... We do not only educational, but we do awareness programs as well. So we have our educational programs that may range from learning the warning signs to Alzheimer's and dementia, all the way to healthy living for your brain and body. And then we have caregiver programs that are specifically designed and targeted for early stage care, late stage care, uh, middle stage care, as well as learning communication techniques and dementia-related behaviors.
1: A little bit of everything. Wow. We
2: do. We have a a little bit of everything all the way from healthy living to
1: end of life. That's incredible. So you said something earlier that had me thinking a little bit since now we know about early onset Alzheimer's. That makes me wonder what are some of the early signs and symptoms of Alzheimer's disease that we should be aware of? So we
2: actually have a program with the Alzheimer's Association and it's called All's Stars. It's about learning the the 10 warning signs to Alzheimer's and dementia, ways to reduce your risk, and some communication techniques. So I want to urge everyone that's listening or watching to... this show today to go out to allsprogramsanytime.org and and type in all stars and become an all star. Um, But some of these warning signs, they are confusion with time or place. Um, People can lose track of dates, seasons, and passages of time. And they have trouble understanding if it's not happening right now. And they may forget where they are or even how they got there. But there's also the age-related part of that. So age-related means that sometimes we get confused as to what day it is. I mean, we all work. We we all, we all
1: work. And that was we, me this week, I think. <laughs> I thought uh, two of the days were Thursday. It just, it was a weird week. Right. So that's not a reason to be concerned, though?
2: It's not a reason to be concerned if you can recall after a little bit, what day it is. It came back, don't worry. Exactly. Um, Misplacing things and losing the ability to retrace steps that's also another um, warning sign to Alzheimer's and dementia. And people with Alzheimer's and dementia may put things in very unusual places. Um, we've both been in the senior living industry, and we both know that we can find things in very unusual places. Our keys in
1: the freezer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Things stuffed in between the mattress pads and oh, the yeah. mattresses. Absolutely. So
1: cushions. That's a hot spot.
2: Shoes. <laughs> yeah. Even ovens.
1: Oh, that's yeah, a good one. Even we don't ovens. always check
2: that. No, we don't always check that. So it's always a good idea. If you're living with somebody who has Alzheimer's and dementia, check your oven before you turn it on.
1: That's a good pro tip. Yep.
2: <laughs> Just check your oven before you turn it on. Um, so the age-related part of that is every once in a while, we, meet, we misplace things from time to time. I misplace my keys every once in a while. If I don't put them directly where I put them all the time, I can lose them very quickly. Keep them in the bowl. Yeah, keep them in the bowl. When you walk in the door, (laughs) keep them in the bowl. Um, So, changes in mood or personality also is another warning sign. So, people may become easily upset in places where they're out of their comfort zone. They can even be confused, suspicious fearful, and even agitated or anxious. Um, So we know the age-related part of that is we all have very specific ways how we like to do things. And when our routine gets messed up, sometimes we can get a little upset. A little frazzled. Just a little frazzled. But it comes right back. We know that we're not living with Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, When we can take our routine and know, okay, it got messed up. We're going to regroup, and then on we go. So those are just a few of the warning signs.
1: Those are good ones to think about, that's for sure. So of course, you guys support the person that has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, but this is a family disease. How does someone um, get care? If they're a caregiver, how can the Alzheimer's Association help? So it is a family disease.
2: It's a, a we have Alzheimer's disease for families. So the Alzheimer's Association has caregiver support groups. Um, These caregiver support groups are virtual, in-person, and telephonic. We want to make sure that caregivers have this resource when they need it,
1: where they need it, and how they need it. So there's no excuse anymore. Because I know that was such an issue back in the day where, oh, I just can't get out of the house. I can't leave them alone in the house. You know, transportation can be a problem. Right. And the Alzheimer's Association knows
2: that not every caregiver can get out of the house. Mm -hmm. So we've done all different platforms so that caregivers can get the support that they need.
1: That's incredible. Wow. So, well, with so much happening with Alzheimer's disease, are there any ongoing research efforts or breakthroughs? So, yes,
2: there are. Um, there are. A, there's a lot of hope and promising research. Um, currently, medications do not cure Alzheimer's, um, right. but there are two FDA-approved treatments: um, aducanumab and lecanemab. And these are aimed at changing the underlying biology and therefore the progression of the disease. These therapies, they demonstrate that removing beta amyloid, one of the hallmarks of Alzheimer's disease, from the brain reduces cognition and functional decline in people living with early Alzheimer's. Other drugs may help lessen the symptoms, such as memory loss and confusion for a limited time. An early diagnosis provides you with a better chance of benefiting from the treatment. So it's important to get an early diagnosis.
1: Amazing. So if you kind of start seeing some of these early signs and symptoms, you need to go see your doctor and see what's going on. That way, maybe you can hit that plateau because, of course, the goal of the medication isn't to cure. It's to stop the progression, right? Kind of keep going. It helps
2: with the progression of the disease. Yes, it helps with the progression of the disease.
1: Well, that's promising. Well, I mean, what can we do? What are some strategies or tips for maintaining brain health and potentially reducing our risk of Alzheimer's disease?
2: So knowing that there are modifiable risk factors out there, that is one of the keys to um, helping to reduce your risk. And what's good for your heart is good for your brain. We have learned that. What's good science points us in the direction of what's good for your heart is good for your brain. So there's actually seven modifiable risk factors. Oh, that's encouraging. It is. (laughs) Um, So just a couple of them are sleep, making sure you get adequate sleep. Ooh, that's tough. It can be very tough, yeah. But sleep is very important. Um, Also, physical activity. Mm -hmm. Physical activity is
1: very important.
2: Along with social engagement, cognitive engagement, and balanced nutrition.
1: I mean that pretty. That makes sense for your heart. It does. What's good good for your heart around?
2: Yeah. Yeah. What's good for your heart is good for your brain. That's a good tagline. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is a good tagline.
1: All right. Well, so Alzheimer's associations are everywhere. Essentially, I mean, everybody has access to them. Um, When you guys work with local communities and organizations to raise awareness about the disease, um, how do you guys do that? Through local
2: community partnerships. Um, We're so very fortunate to have so many community partnerships. And we also have the Walk to End Alzheimer's. Um, This year, the walk is December the 9th at Bonnet Springs Park. So we're looking forward to that.
1: Great venue.
2: It is a good venue. Absolutely. And then we have advocacy as well. Um, So that's another one of the pillars of the Alzheimer's Association.
1: So that's how we can get involved is just, you know, check the website and... There's little tabs.
2: Absolutely. Go out to the alls.org website Um, through education. Also, our Brain Bus. We're very unique with the state of Florida. We actually have two mobile vehicles that provide awareness in our rural and diverse communities as well
1: that's so exciting so they come to you
2: they do in those rural and diverse communities they actually they come right to you
1: and i just saw you guys at polk pride that's amazing we
2: were this is our this is our second year at polk pride amazing
1: so at the walks do you guys bring the brain bus to that
2: Sometimes we bring the brain bus to the walk, but we always have a programs table at the walk. Oh, yes. So we always have that table there so that we can give caregivers any information that they need. Um, We also can do care consultations, which is a one-on-one service. And just to let everyone know, all the services that the Alzheimer's Association has are free services.
1: Awesome. Well, are there any specific challenges or issues that individuals that are diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease commonly face? How do you guys help face that? So we have our helpline.
2: Okay. So our helpline is out there. I mean, we're out there in the community as well as program managers. There's 13 of us across the state of Florida. Wow. Yeah. Um, so we also have our helpline. So it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's 1-800-272-3900. And that is 200 different languages and dialects. Wow.
1: Oh, my gosh. So no matter who you are, where you are, what time it is, what day it is, you can get help. Absolutely. So with the helpline, what are some of the calls that come in? So they may be
2: a emergency call. Um, It may be someone wanting to learn more about the disease process. It may be someone who just needs to talk because their loved one is taking a rest. Oh, wow. And we have mastered level clinicians that answer that, that answer all those calls.
1: So, some, you know, if we've got a caregiver at home and they're just really stressed and overwhelmed, and you finally get that loved one down for a nap, and then, okay, I need to breathe. I need to talk to somebody and regroup. That's the line we call.
2: That is the line you call. That is the line you call. We, the Alzheimer's Association has a variety of programs all over, virtually and in person. So, caregivers have that as well and they can use our community resource finder as well that's on the alzheimer's association um,
1: website that way you can see who's nearest to Mm -hmm. you um, on there do you guys have things like your support groups and where they are we do we have the support groups where they are the
2: location we also have educational events out there as well you can you can type in anything to the community resource finder within a certain zip code and it'll give you the surrounding area that's
1: amazing Mm -hmm. How convenient. So so Jody, when somebody gets a diagnosis, our loved one just gets it, what can we do to make that time special that we have? Make the most of the time that you have
2: available. Um, they need to be active in their care. Um, when you get that diagnosis and that person can communicate who they are, what they want, um, sometimes it's great to live in that moment,
1: Um just have some fun, take pictures. That's advice that I got years ago from one of my, when I was a geriatric care manager, one of my people said, take pictures, annoy people with how many pictures that you take of your loved ones. So my family's now subject to that. (laughs) I take so many pictures, but they're just beautiful memories. And then that's something wonderful to look back on, right? You can make books out of them. You can. You can make picture
2: books. You can make story books out of those pictures. Absolutely. And it just really gives your loved one that time to say, this is how I want my last days to look like. This is how I want my care to look like. This is what I want. And you can write all of that down because they can be participatory.
1: So let's say somebody goes to the doctor; they get the diagnosis. What's next? It depends. Okay. So, so we caught it early, right? We, we'll, we'll give you a good scenario we here. Ca- <laughs> we
2: caught it. We caught it early. Mm-hmm. So catching it early. Catching that they have Alzheimer's and dementia or dementia early means that they have more access to some of the treatments. They also can take a very active role in their care. Okay. They also can join support groups as well. So, so the people that are affected
1: by the disease have support groups for them.
2: We do. We have early onset support groups for someone who was diagnosed in the early stages and they can still communicate um, so they can participate in those early onset support groups for both the person living with the disease and their caregiver.
1: Do they do it together, separate? They
2: actually do it together. Um, We have two different formats. We have one format where they do the group together and then we have another format where we actually have the caregivers discuss some of their challenges as like well. outside. Separately. Yeah. Yeah,
1: separately. That way you keep everybody's dignity and respect, too. Absolutely. Very nice. Well, so how can individuals and communities get involved and support the work that you guys do?
2: So you can become a volunteer. Oh.
1: You can what become- does that look like? What can I do? So you can lead support groups. Okay.
2: You can be a community educator. All right. You can be a community representative. Ooh. Those sound pretty fancy. Yeah.
1: So do I have to come in knowing everything? No. Or, oh, what does you, that look
2: like? You don't have to come in knowing everything. Okay. Um, so say you were in Polk County mm-hmm. and you wanted to become a community educator or support group facilitator or a community representative. Yeah. You you go out on our website, you fill out the information, and it comes directly to us. And I reach out to you, have a lovely conversation, and we have that, what do you really want to do? Right. And then when we talk about that, we decide, do you want to be a support group facilitator? Do you want to be a community educator? Would you like to be a community representative? And then we have a training process on
1: all of that. Wow. So we really can just, you know, have time that we want to
2: give and that's all we need, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's great because we have community serving community. That's right. And also with the Walk to End Alzheimer's as well. We have um, volunteers to assist with that.
1: So can businesses get involved? I mean, this is a great organization. Why wouldn't you want to be, right? Right, exactly. There, there's actually two things that businesses can get involved in. Okay.
2: So business because businesses can become all-stars. Oh. You can learn the warning signs. You can learn a little bit of communication. You can learn um, early detection. You can learn all the importance of becoming an all-star. So all the businesses out there in Lakeland, I'd love to challenge you to become all-stars and then if you want to be participate in the walk to end alzheimers you can get a team oh you can raise funds you can participate in the walk and you can do that all out on the website as well
1: oh my goodness what's not on that website my gosh pretty much everything <laughs> is on the website <laughs> And the walks are so much fun. I mean, of course, it's an incredible thing to get involved in, but it's just a good time too.
2: The walks are fun. The walks are fun, but they're also, there's that level of care and support out there. Absolutely. Because you know you're walking to help someone, you're walking to help cure a disease, um, because we don't have a survivor yet.
1: We don't. We're waiting for that person. There will
2: be someday, you know, someday it is our hope that we will see someone carry that white
1: flower. Yes. That's something so powerful. The visual, when you are go to one of the walks, they have different colors. So you see the Alzheimer's flower, and there's orange, purple, blue, and the white one that we haven't seen yet. So oh. they all mean something different uh, the different colors, do you know what they mean? Off they, the top? Rep-
2: they represent caregivers. they mm-hmm. represent someone living with the disease. they represent someone passing away from the disease. Um, they represent someone living with the disease. So those are those are the flower representations. But that is one of the most moving and powerful parts of the walk is when everyone raises their flower and you get to see all of those flowers up in the air and it just it
1: brings chills. It really, I just got some. It does. (laughs) Well, and it's amazing to see, especially when the flower that people hold that are afflicted with the disease are directly caring for somebody. You see out in the crowd and you're just like, oh my God, this is my community and these people are struggling with this. And then of course, at the end, they talk about that white one that we want to see so badly of somebody that got cured.
2: Mm Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And that's that's
2: uh, the Alzheimer's Association. We want to be out in that community. We want people to know and be more educated about the disease and not be scared of it. Know the warning signs. Know the risk factors. Know what you can do to modify your risk. And then, if you have someone in your family with Alzheimer's and dementia, we want to make sure that you have the resources available: support groups, education. Virtual, online, whatever works for you as a family.
1: That's so amazing. I mean, you know, back in the day, this didn't exist. So you guys are just so cutting edge and on the forefront of making sure you can reach everybody at their level. And that's just amazing.
2: That's what we want to do. We want to reach as many people as we possibly can. The more people that know, the more people that are educated, the more we can serve our community. The more we can be cognizant about Alzheimer's and dementia and know that it is a real disease. People are afflicted by it. And we know how to talk to someone that has Alzheimer's and dementia. We know how to communicate with a caregiver who might be struggling with the disease because you just never know in in your world who's going to have the disease you you might be in the grocery store
1: and you nev- you just never know and you can see what we call the look that's a very non professional term but when somebody's late stage Alzheimer's you can kind of see it you can see that kind of you look can on their face you can see it in their eyes
2: mm-hmm. you can see it in their eyes we've been in the industry long enough we we you can see it in their eyes yes how
1: powerful Well, what advice would you give to someone who has a loved one that recently got diagnosed?
2: Let the Alzheimer's Association be a resource for you. Know that we are out there to help you. And attend a caregiver support group. I can't suggest that enough. Attend a caregiver support group.
1: This was a few years ago, but I actually used to be a facilitator. And as a facilitator, it's very easy to get involved. You do the training. It's not an excruciating training by any means. But really, you're just there, I mean, to facilitate, for lack of a better word, you're just there to guide people in the conversation. It's not me teaching people how to deal with things or caregivers on how to cope. It's opening up so that they can talk to each other and learn different things.
2: Absolutely. You and I both got our start with being facilitators (laughs) with the Alzheimer's (laughs) Association. Um, Long before I started as a program manager with the association, I actually volunteered for them. And I was a support group facilitator for many, many years. And it's about sharing their successes. It's about sharing their feelings. It's about sharing what's going on at their house. And they need that. The caregivers really need that. And they really do a great job. It almost facilitates itself. Yeah. It really does. Um, They're
1: like, hey, what's everybody dealing with? How do we handle holidays?
2: It's so many questions. Exactly. How do we handle driving tips? How do Ooh. we handle this? How do we handle that? And thankfully, the Alzheimer's Association has so many resources and tip sheets on driving and dementia, hydration, things like that that we can get out into the communities.
1: That's a good thought. Hydration, when it's mm-hmm. this warm outside, <laughs> it's something we all need to think about. Exactly. When, going back to those preventable things that you can do now. I mean, who can't just take a little walk? A little 10 minute walk every day, right? And that's just it. Who who can't
2: take a walk around the block? Maybe one or two times a day. If you think of what you do for exercise every day, how can you do just a little tiny bit more? Same with your nutrition. Yeah. What can I do to eat a little healthier every day to Reduce my risk of developing Alzheimer's and dementia. What's one item that I can add to my diet?
1: Ooh, what's that one item? Maybe more fruit. Oh, fruit's a good one. I just saw an article about how influential apples are on your diet. It really does keep the doctor away. Right.
2: Maybe more uh, vegetables. Instead of having all the carbs, can you have two vegetables
1: instead of a carb? This might be a plug for one of our local restaurants, but they have these sweet potato noodles at Fresh Kitchen. Oh my goodness. But yeah, little swaps like that. So like brown rice, omega-3s. What do we eat with omega-3s? Get some fish in there.
2: Exactly. Just look at your diet and really look at look at your world as a whole on what you can do. Same with um, being social. Oh, we will talk more
1: about that because we just got out of COVID where we were locked in our homes for years. So
2: social engagement, mm. social engagement is one of those modifiable risk factors. Sometimes it's thinking outside of the box and figuring out where can I go to be social and cognitive engagement as well.
1: Okay. Talk about that. Cognitive, what does that mean? So cognitive engagement, read a book. Oh, read a book, learn a new language. Oh, that's good. So maybe learning new skills is something that gets your little synapses firing, huh? Absolutely. Learn a, new,
2: learn a new skill. The other one of our um, risk factors was mental health.
1: Ooh, that's a big one these days. That's something we're all talking and thinking about. It is. It is. And
2: when you think about it, what can you do to lessen your anxiety?
1: I mean, well, just like the Alzheimer's Association, they have so many platforms and ways to get connected. I can maybe get with a mental health counselor because you don't even have to go to somebody's office anymore and just do it on an app.
2: Exactly. You can do it on an app now. I mean, the Alzheimer's Association doesn't have mental health counseling, but. Well, I can do that
1: for my mental health. Exactly. To prevent Alzheimer's maybe. Huh? What else can I do for mental health? The hot topic right now
2: it is a hot topic you have to know your strengths and weaknesses you have to know what makes you anxious
1: <laughs> besides being alive right <laughs> besides working no
2: <laughs> um but you need to like really take a deep dive into yourself I know sometimes that's hard to do it is. and we never want to do that but sometimes we have to take that real deep dive and yeah. say okay what makes me anxious what makes me sad what makes me happy
1: I learned a lot of that through COVID. You know, we had a lot of time at home and to think. And one of the best things that I got out of that was meditation. I think that really helped a lot. I meditate every day now before I go to sleep. That's great. I know. That's I get really like 15, great. 15, 30 minutes in. That's fabulous. It took, it was hard at first though. It was not easy because your mind just goes off for a little bit. <laughs> well. Wow. You know they tell us to
2: take our telephones and turn them off an hour before oh, we go to bed. Oh,
1: that's tough. The sleep, the one factor, <laughs> one of those that. seven factors was sleep. And yes. Sleep hygiene is just tough. It is. But it's tough. crucial. It was like one of the first ones, right? That's one of the most important things you can do.
2: It is. It's one of the most important things you can do. Wow. Well,
1: we don't want anybody going to sleep listening to this, right? No, we do not. <laughs> Hopefully, everybody stayed awake the whole time. I hope so. Well, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, we would love your feedback and just tell us about your ideas about today's show. We, You can head over to the Lakeland Vision website to participate in our monthly survey at www.lakelandvision.org.
0: Listen, Lakeland is brought to you as a collaborative project between Lakeland Vision, the City of Lakeland, and Hall Communications a community working together to provide an exceptional quality of life. Thank you for being with us.